You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Hello, thank you for listening. Charlotte Greenway in for Nick on Thursday, the 11th of January. Coming up in today's episode, iconic figure in Irish racing, Robert Hall, will be with me, whose silks will be carried on the race course tomorrow for the first time in over 30 years. Then trainer, owner and breeder, Con O'Keefe, looks ahead to his mare's silent approach, taking on the boys in the Grade 3 novice chase at Punchestown on Sunday, before we hear how Andre Atsaini's getting on halfway through his first season riding in Hong Kong. Alongside me this morning is Jane Mangan, and I think, Jane, we'll start with the only Grade 1 in the UK or Ireland over the coming days, which is, of course, the rearranged Lawless of Nace Novices Hurdle, now being run tomorrow. Bit of a treat getting this on a Friday. Well, what do you make of the field? Uh, look, we we pretty much have the same field, bar we, we don't want to miss Phil Power now. The Galileo out of any power. I I read somewhere where Willie Mullins said, I think he'll handle the ground fine. I I would contest that, Willie Mullins, the great Willie <laughs> Mullins, who has a really heavy gallop. <laughs> Tell me a Galileo that excels on knee-deep heavy ground. I just don't know if there is one. Um yeah, look, he's he's looking like he might be going to Punchestown on Sunday. Um, and it's still a good field despite not having him in there because Firefox and El Atlantique, I think at the moment they're around joint favourites. Um, two very exciting, relatively unexposed horses. Firefox, of course, when he beat uh, Ballyburn at Fairy House, Ballyburn has since gone favourite for the Supreme Novices at Cheltenham following a really impressive uh, win at Leopardstown. Let's see if that can go literally, but I do think that that horse is going to benefit a lot, that horse being Firefox, for going up a half a mile in trip. So two and a half miles. Let's see if he can improve even more. Personally, I was disappointed with Untubber in the Royal Bond, having heard what I heard beforehand, that he was he was a potential superstar. Uh, he, he now has to step up and trip and prove the words are more than just words um he's in a third favorite crow park uh, a horse with a name like that was always going to have a big reputation he was very good at navin last time and i'm hearing very positive vibes for chapeau de soy um the mount of patrick for his dad willie that horse was just too free in the cheltenham bumper i think if you take that run out of it like he was so good at clomel okay it was you know a bit of a bicycle race that he won but he couldn't have done it any better. He's in round ten to one. So I, this is a this is a deep race. I think we're we're going to learn a lot. I think connections are going to learn a lot because some of these horses are quite lightly raced. Like reading Tommy Wrong, three two 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 bumper wins, a maiden hurdle win. He hasn't done an awful lot wrong. We just haven't seen him since since November. So look, let's let's see how it all plays out. It looks you know very much like it's Gordon Elliott versus Willie Mullins, but. I would not forget on Tubber having heard all the positive vibes pre the Royal Bond and I wouldn't rule out Rich Ritchie, Patrick and Willie teaming up again uh, for another big win. So I think it's it's not a two-horse race and it's a little treat on a Friday. 
While the Lawlers of Nace Novice Hurdle might be the feature race on the card, there's a really exciting runner in the bumper in the last for Robert Hall, who over 30 years anchored RTE racing and was an iconic figure on Irish TV screens alongside the likes of Ted Walsh. It'll be the first runner in these colours for over 30 years. And Robert joins me now. Robert, thanks so much for joining me this morning. And we'll we'll come to your runner a little bit later. But first of all, what have you been up to since since hanging up your mic? Uh, well, I do a little bit of work for Tarasov's Island in the media filming. And I also look after um, our side of the Castlery Prison um, welfare. Uh, we, we, we've introduced the, the horse into the welfare system in, in the Irish Prison Service at the Castlery Prison in County Roscommon. We've built a 10 stable uh, barn and all weather, and we have uh, eight thoroughbreds, all, all, all thoroughbreds. Um, and uh, the prisoners do a syllabus with eight modules on responsible horse care that's been up for three years, and uh, we look after that. And that's, a, that's a collaboration between the Irish Prison Service uh, and, and the uh, Irish Racing um, hierarchy. You know, the, it, it's all voluntary, but it's a lovely way to tell government that we that we care and that we're helping and uh, keeping, you know, reducing reoffending. And what just what sort of a success have you seen from that? We're only three years in, so we can't give you numbers. But I mean, last th- three months ago, we went to Antwerp and we won a, a, a global award for, for reducing the offending. And there were nine hundred of us traded uh, into the old Belgian Stock Exchange. It was fantastic, um, and it really does work. And I mean, the the um, parole board that looks after twelve. Uh, they have now said that they want all the people on life sentences who have prospects of being released to do our course uh, because it is so successful. So that's hugely encouraging. Um, and you know, it, it, it's sort of win-win all the way. And, and I, I think it's going to be big. Yeah, really interesting project. And I'm sure mutually beneficial to the prisoners and also to the racing industry in which we know we have a staffing problem. So... Uh... Yeah, really interesting to follow that. But uh, sticking to the racing, anyway, you'll have seen racing develop over your time of working in the sport, being involved in it, and since leaving. Do you think the sport is evolving in the right way and heading in the right direction? And what changes have you seen? Well, not, yes, I mean, not a lot has changed. Obviously, the, the, the sort of polarisation of success uh, is, is a worrying concern. Um, I mean, I got out just before just before COVID, and it was a wonderful time to get out because I'd hate to have uh, done it, you know, to, 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 to empty grandstands. Um, but, it, it, you know, the, the presenters aren't helped now by, by uh, the concentration of, of, of success in, in, in such a few stables. But other than that, nothing, you know, not, nothing much has changed. Just talking about the, the concentration of quality in those few stables there's been many suggestions by people about how this could change and whether you should limit the number of runners a trainer can have in one race. What would you say about that? Well, I, I'm, I, I, I'm against all limitations. I think you get you, into dangerous territory then. I think it's, it's cyclical and, uh, you know, I mean, the trainers at the top now weren't at the top when they started out. Um, and, it's, it, you know, it's, it, it's a tough game nowadays. There's no doubt about it. I think we can frame our races a little bit more competitively. 
uh, certainly with the jumpers, I don't see why the grade two and grade three races, a lot of them couldn't be limited handicaps with a 10 pound range or something like that, just to bring more horses in and make it slightly more interesting. Yeah, and that's something we've seen over in Britain. I think it was the uh, the two mile chase on the 27th at Kempton and it does make it more interesting. It was in fact the same winner yeah. in a handicap than it was in the grade two the year before, but um, just gives other horses a bit more chance and an incentive to run. Yeah. Um, and talking of runners, you've got a really exciting runner on Friday, first time out in the bumper at Nace, Frogman. Just tell us a bit, a bit about this horse, because it's been thirty years since, or more than thirty years since we've seen these these silks on the Absolutely. track. Well, um, you know, I went to the I went to the sales with with, with with no intention of buying a horse at all, but I was standing ringside and I was flicking through my catalogue, and I just noticed that. A pedigree of a horse that was coming in in, two, in, in you know in, in, in two or three minutes time um and i knew the pedigree went back to uh, a remarkable mare called Mumtaz mahal who is the progenitor of, of i think she was the grand dam of basra shagar and alpanista all sorts of horses come into it so there's always hope and i'm a big believer that sometimes to get a little value you've got to look outside of the page in front of you so i thought well we'll, we'll, we'll have a look at this fellow and he came in and, and he was I absolutely loved it. Had a lovely front on him, and um, I couldn't bid on him because I hadn't seen him outside. But he got knocked down to somebody standing behind me, and this turned out to be Jerry Hogan, who I know. So I just said to Jerry as I was leaving, "Lovely horse," and he said, "Yeah, he's, he's for Richard O'Brien." And I went and I looked at the pedigree, and I was right on that. And I then looked up Richard O'Brien, and I loved what I read of him. Um, and then I found myself down near the stable within half an hour, and I went in and had a good look at this horse, and I liked him even more. So I thought, hey, um, you know, I'm not getting any younger. Uh, I prefer to be a little closer to the cutting edge than I am. Um, and I said to Jerry, if Richard uh, doesn't have anybody for him, I'd like him, and I'll keep him with him. So that's how it, that's how it happened. Um, and we have to look back. I, I sent him to uh, somebody called Joanna Quirt to, to break. She's a wonderful horse lady and, and she's a lovely side saddle rider but she she's married to to um gary carroll and they run a really good operation doing all sorts of things including breaking and the horse got a great grinding uh and then went down to richard and uh, it's been, you know been all systems go since then we gave him a little break and we brought him back we're not, we're hoping for a nice run um you know we don't have any more expectations than that but we love the horse well, it's exciting to have these these colours back on the racecourse. Because what what was the story behind them? Were they always your your own colours, or no? We um, oh, back in the back in the eighties, I had a friend called Denny Cordell. Denny Cordell was a a remarkable man. He um, he trained in Ireland, but before that, he'd been a music producer and he produced Joe Cocker and Proko Haram and uh, the Cranberries and the like. And uh, anyway, we. We were friends, and we realised that um, premium rate telephone lines had come into Britain, and uh, they were going to come into Ireland. So we went to Telecom Air, and, uh, and we said, when they come in, we'd like to um, use them. Um, and we thought we could get a lot of our training fees paid for if we got a lot of horses and put them with different people. Um, and we mainly used small stables, but we had eight horses in training uh, at one time. Um, eight trainers and William Mullins actually trained one of them in fact the only 
horse that I ever rode uh, to win a race was in these colours, um, trained by Willie. Um, and uh, we used to sp split the proceeds of, of the telephone uh, line. You know, we'd update all our all, all, all our training, all our stories. And, uh, of course, telephone lines get spread about telephone numbers. So we did quite well, particularly when we had a runner. Um, and all our horses won, bar one. And everybody got a dividend. We had 800, 800 members, just under 800 members, um, or subscribers, whatever you might call them. Um, we had to be a PLC because we were so big. Uh, and, then, and then we disbanded it. Um, after about six years, everybody got a dividend and we moved on. But that, so that was the last time, yeah. Well, it's it's incredibly exciting. Obviously, the, the fact that you rode your first and only winner in them, I'm sure they mean an awful lot to you. Hopefully, they'll be lucky with this horse tomorrow on Friday. Best of luck, and uh, I look forward to watching. I hope. Uh, well, I hope. I hope. I hope we run exactly. I mean, the weather. The weather's a big, big problem, isn't it? Um, so we'll just hope. But look, thanks. Nice talking to you, and we'll see how we go. <laughs> Jane, great to see Robert back involved on a race course and great to see these colours sort of revived after over 30 years. And I know he's a man you know well. Yeah, the last time Robert Hall's Red Diamond and Black were on the track, I don't think I, I was around. Um, I'd love to ask him how he came up the name Frogman. I'd love to interview him after he has come into the winner's enclosure because wouldn't that be a full circle moment? He look, Robert's one of the gents of the game and uh I I say that meaning every word of it. He taught me an awful lot when I first went on RT racing, himself and Ted, of course, the Godfathers, they were the voice, they were everything we knew about Irish racing from when we were you know, first started watching the sport. And you know, he's so level. He's such a gentleman and he's he he's a thoroughly likable individual. I'd love for him to to have a good horse and I'm glad to see him back his colours back on track I know he's he's a steward a race day steward so he's very much still involved in in the fold um, but he you know he, he, he'd he bring us all on the journey with him I think if he had a good one and Richard O'Brien he's very good at four year olds he's very good at both horses in particular um, and I think Owen O'Brien is very good value for his five so that that four year old bumper they're all unraced uh they could there could be anything in there, but this guy's by Old Man River, who we'll all remember, I think is by Manja, a group two winner out of Finchgale Bio. And Old Man River doesn't have had haven't ha, hasn't had many runners, but let's see if Frogman can put his name in lights. It'll be competitive, but uh, I'll be shouting for Robert. And staying in Ireland, but just jumping ahead to Sunday at Punchestown, Jane, there's a really interesting two and a half mile novices chase, grade three. Of course, they're not declared yet, but Blood Destiny's in there. And if he wins this impressively, he could be a lot, lot shorter in the betting for one of the novice chases at Cheltenham. Yeah, he was so good, wasn't he? Uh, on his chase debut over fences at Nace, he looks like a real natural, a real appetite for his fencing. He, there's only nine in it but he's the standout. Uh, my dad's Blands Towers in there. We were obviously delighted when he won a Punchestown last time. I wasn't delighted to see Blood Destiny in this race, if I'm honest, because it's uh, it's a winner's a one. Um, you wouldn't think you'd meet a, you know, we know the depth of quality in Ireland, but it looks like we're meeting a very good one here. Um, but I have a lot of respect for Imagine, uh, who beat us over hurdles. Mondike Park is a useful hurdler. 
and uh, Silent Approach is a great at winning mare last time and I think she's an improving mare I think she's transformed for going chasing and uh, for Con Keefe I think it's one of the good stories of the season Well I'm glad you mentioned her because I spoke to Con O'Keefe a little bit earlier to find out is she going to run? Yeah at the moment it looks like she will yeah we're happy with her and uh, um, we did a little bit yesterday with her and uh, right now it looks like she will run yeah you know and uh, it's kind of a remarkable story behind this horse because you, of course, bred her at home and then um, sold her for €90,000. It's a great sale at the store sales to Ollie Murphy. And you've ended up back with her. Just tell us all a little bit about how it all happened. I think it's more good luck than anything else. <laughs> um, uh, I remember, if I recall, when we got her first, when we bought her back, she's a, she's a difficult... Uh, mayor, she wasn't easy to manage, I'd say, and I'd say um, Ollie Murphy and his owners, uh, they ran her and they probably found that she was maybe not good enough at the time or just more trouble than she was worth. She was just, you know, we found her here that she was um, needed a lot of attention. We used to walk her down to the gallop and walk her back from the gallop and she's just not easy, full stop. And I imagine in a big string, um, she would be a nightmare, you know. And uh, there was also a question as well about some issue with her heart or something. But um, thank God we've, uh, the lads here have done a great job with her. And we just, we've been lucky. We've had the time to, um, and the patience and the manpower to to give her single-handed attention. As that's what she demanded at the beginning. I mean, she's, she's still a bit of a handful, but... Uh, Larry and Eddie and the boys are and Justin are really good with her and Dylan and they they fiddle around with her and give her her way and they they're they're patient with her and so so far so good but she's a lovely mare and uh, we're just lucky to have her and uh, there's nothing special we're doing it's just if, I'm sure if Ollie Murphy had her he'd be winning all those races as well to be fair to him. You know? And, you know, as you said, she's a homebred, you bred her, she's a half-sister to Journey With yeah. Me. Is that why you yeah. bought her back? Did you buy her back thinking, oh, we'll, oh, give, yes. we'll give her oh, a go on sure. the race course, but if not, we'll breed from her? For sure. I mean, our intention was, when we brought her back last February, March, we were going to cover her last year. And uh, we, we were teasing her away and, and trying to get her to come in season and so on. And... Uh, uh, I'm sure she was standing a few times and then we started training her and we, we decided we'd give her a run and uh, her first run was by promising in Goran, she was second and uh, that kind of gave us the um, enthusiasm to carry on with her and then we said we'd try and win a race with her if we could and you know she's we, uh, we, we were running over hurdles with her for the five or six times and we were unfortunate probably could have could have won a race along the way we were unfortunate we were beaten in Tremor and then uh, Rachel was fantastic on her in um, in Killarney she was placed in a listed race and you know maybe a little bit further possibly could have won it and um, you know once, once we switched her over to fences she's been uh, much better again so but again, it's all luck. We're, we've just been so lucky with her to get her back. And it's a wonderful fa- family for me. Uh, ever since we got into that family 25 years ago, it's bred winner after winner after winner. So we're, we're just so lucky. And uh, Danny Mullins has ridden her the last twice. He obviously gets on very well with her. He knows her now. Will he be available, do you think, on Sunday to get aboard? 
I hope he will. I mean, you know, Willie is his master, I presume, and uh, he's first caller him. So I wouldn't be presumptuous enough to say the yes or no, <laughs> but uh, I, I hope so, right? But um, you know, if he's not, we'll get, we'll get the next best available. And just looking ahead to the future, you can dream big after her grade two win at Cork last time. Do we think Cheltenham could be on the agenda for her? Ah, we will see. You know, we will see um, how we get on on Sunday. And uh, we take small steps and we, we won't uh, get uh, arrogant or big in our thinking. We just take it one day at a time and see how we get on. I mean, Cheltenham isn't the be all and end all. Um, for me, um, I'm more of a breeder than a mm-hmm. racing man. But um, you know, I, we would only go there if we had a live chance. That's for sure. We wouldn't go there to make up numbers. Definitely not. Waste of time. Yeah. You mentioned that uh, you, you're a breeder first and foremost, and I believe you've got a, a busy couple of days coming up as the Stallion Trail kicks off tomorrow. That's right. Yeah, we. That's right. We'll be Stallion Trail tomorrow, and we'll have lots of breeders and racing enthusiasts and people in the industry calling and uh, it's a lovely it's a lovely day it's a it's a no pressure day it's a social day and people come in and sit down and have a cup of tea and coffee or whatever they want and if people if we sell a few nominations great if we don't what about it it's 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 a day for the industry and i think it's, it's working really well and it's nice to give back something and let people see the stallions and let people see derby winners and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's wonderful. It's great. Yeah, it's you, really positive. You, you mentioned derby winners and Harzan's one of your stallions that you stand. Um, yeah. Just how's he getting on? Because you've not had him for, for all that long, have you? No, we had him last year. It was his first year with us. We bought him from the Aga Khan and uh, he was great last year. We covered 170-odd mares with him and um, he'd be very busy again this year, I'm sure. Uh, his his first crop of four year olds out of his national out of his national Irish national hunt mares will be next year. Um, he has three year olds at the sales this year and or in twenty three. So he's he'll have a four year old crop coming on now on stream, some pointer pointers and some bumper horses later on. So he covers some very good mares in um, in 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 Giltown. So we're hoping that uh, some of those come out and. Uh, give him a lift you know but Ted Walsh's filly was very tough and very courageous at Christmas and she won very well and um, all those things make a difference and of course Tony O'Callaghan's filly with Noel Mead um, caught you looking that uh, won the group three uh, early on as a two-year-old and he's a nice two-year-old that won uh, first time out for the Aga Khan in France so he's well able to produce a good one for sure very tough horse and very courageous and a great will to win, which is hugely important. Yeah. Exactly. Attitude means everything. Well, Con, thanks so much for your time this morning. And uh, yeah, best of luck on Sunday. Well, best of luck tomorrow with the with the Stallion Trail and then on to Sunday with your mayor. And I look forward to watching. Thanks, Emilian. Well, Jane, really nice to hear from Con there and a really nice story. And he's obviously done a remarkable job with this mare because she's clearly not easy. No, um, I did la- laugh. He's playing down her... her. She, she's just tricky. She likes to get on with things. She doesn't like to wait around. I was in Cork, RTE, we doing the paddock shots and I noticed this filly was gone out of the ring. Danny Mullins up and her out of the shoot. And it's not like we had a Cheltenham or done racing festival atmosphere. It was just, that's what she likes to do. And they know her so well now. 
she's reared, born and reared on the farm before she went away and came back. So they know her better than anyone. And um, I think she's uh, she's just a different mare over fences. Uh, she was raised 109 after a lot of runs over hurdles. She, ra- she raised plenty. She was consistent, but she wasn't winning. And since she's won a Gorn, I was very taken by her at Cork. She was remarkably straightforward. Now, she was 33 to 1. But it wasn't. It wasn't. The, it wasn't about betting. It was about okay. Will we go out there and get some black type? Uh, Hermione Maker just threw her chance away. Zenta was first one over fences. That's a very good race. That's the race that Impervious beat Dino Blue in the year before. So if if she steps forward again, she looks like she's going to be a completely different prospect uh, over fences. And for Con Keith, for his family, for the pedigree that they have, she's of course a sister to, to Journey with me. Um, I think that just further deepens the the feel good factor of this story. Um, you know, a lot of good mares have a bit of personality, but they seem to have channeled her in the right direction, and she seems willing. That's the big thing with mentality. Are they working for you? And Danny Mullins got on very well with her at Cork, so I hope he 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 keeps the ride and and is able to channel her in the right direction again. She could give the gelding something to think about. Yes, and she's quite quickly making up into a very valuable broodmare prospect as well, which is, of course, important to Con with the stallions he's got at home. And he mentioned the Irish Stallion Trail, which kicks off tomorrow, which I believe, Jane, you are a regular at? Oh, yeah, that's uh, it's. I, I really enjoy it. Um, myself and my mum go every year. Uh, we, we try and hit as many studs as we can, particularly, I suppose, for myself. Number one, as a broadcaster, I, I do comment a lot on the progeny of these horses and I'd like to see them. And two, um, a lot of these horses are cele- celebrities from the track and we can be in awe of them on the track. But why wouldn't we want to go see them in their latter years as well? So I suppose for Khan, he's got four stallions. This filly, if you're thinking of it theoretically, she's by walk in the park, so you're going to want something a little bit outside the Saddler's Wells line. And he has four of those stallions. He has success days, son of Jeremy. He has... Pillar Carl, who's uh, by Zamindar. He has Diamond Boy, of course, the sire of Lompresse, and Ampere Pass, who's by Mansonian. And he has Harazan, the dual derby winner by See the Stars. So um, I can tell you firsthand that the O'Keefe family uh, are very welcoming and they make a very good cup of tea. <laughs> and that's very important on the trail as well. Uh, I think tomorrow, myself and Mam are planning to go up the Waterford Road. We'll probably go as far as maybe Kildangan to see Native Trail. Excited to see him because I haven't seen him since he won uh, the Group 1 National Stakes at the Curra as a two-year-old. And so I'm just in, you know interested to see how he's let himself down. And I think we're going to plan on, on hitting Knockhouse Stud as well. I haven't been there since I was a child in the passenger seat of Dad's Jeep going to Beneficial, which is quite a few years ago, I can tell you. So Sean Kinsla, I'm sure you'll have the cake ready. Um, and there'll be there's just there's so many others. Capital Bloodstock is is there um, with their new horse Castle Star. Plan. I don't know if authorized is there yet, but hopefully he will be. Um, and then on of course maybe the beach is stood on the way home, or maybe into Fromoy to see Jacinta Delois now in 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 Glenview. Um, uh, State of Rest in Rathari, Hurricane Lane in Grange. Uh, Order St. George and Castle High. They're just in and around where I live here. The catchment is amazing in terms of bloodstock. And I think as a fan, as much as anything else, I do love looking at good horses. 
Yeah, you mentioned Native Trail and I saw him a month or so ago when he was at Dalham Hall over here and was really impressed with him. He's a lovely individual, uh, plenty of scope and uh, great walk. So see what you think of him. But as you say, it's just a great opportunity for the public to uh, to get to see all these stallions. For sure. And, you know, you talk about size and shapes and, you know, when you go around to, to the different studs and you, you look at the profiles of all these horses and we're very lucky in Ireland that you know, you have to be, to get a chance at stud, you really have to have the resume and the pedigree. You have to have a combination. And they're all different shapes and sizes and they're all very effective. And it's a little bit like standing in the in the parade ring for Royal Ascot or Cheltenham. There is no set template. And if you stand in a winner's enclosure and see which horses win, there there is not a, there's not a set physical that works. Um, Constitution Hill and and honeysuckle they're not sprinter sacra and uh like the, the most beautiful oil painting you could ever see but they're very good racehorses um up the midlands would probably another day maybe on saturday if you get a chance you you cool more stud you go to see little big bear paddington uh the new horses there and then on up to the aga can and see how they compare to something like a see the stars or uh, even further up to Yeomanstown and, and see Dark Angel and Kodiak. And I guarantee you, n- there won't be uh, a mirror effect with any of those horses, but each and every one of them are either Group 1 prospects or Group 1 winners. So, um, yeah, it's it's something I very much look forward to every year. And as I say, the tea and the cake is a very important element, so I'm sure there's uh, plenty shopping done today. One news from Hong Kong today is that Andrea Etzeni has had his licence extended for the remainder of the 2023-2024 Hong Kong season. Andrea, of course, moved from the UK to Hong Kong back in September and joins me on the line now. Andrea, it must have been a pretty hard time to move out there because you'd had an absolutely amazing August, uh, ridden some lovely horses, none more so than Van Dijk. It's hard to leave those behind, but uh, you've extended your licence, so you must be enjoying it out there. Yeah, no, I'm really enjoying it. Um, Obviously, when I first arrived, I signed up for a six-month contract, um, obviously, to to see how it went and if I liked it or not. And... uh, but uh, yeah, luckily things have gone really well since I've been in Hong Kong. Uh, I've got a lot of support from from a lot of trainers and owners, and uh, yeah, so I can't complain. Uh, like I said, it's it's going well, and I'm enjoying the riding part of it, and I'm enjoying the you know the lifestyle of, of Hong Kong. So yeah, no, it's it's good that uh, the club um, obviously agreed to renew the contract, well, extend the contract, sorry, to the end of the season. So yeah, no, it's um, it's good news. You say you're enjoying the racing side of it. Have you had to adapt your style in any way over there? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. It's, it's, it's the riding style. It's it's a lot different to sort of the European sort of style. Um, here we only race the two tracks. Uh, as you well know, he's only Chatin on a Sunday, and obviously Happy Valley on a Wednesday. Um, so he's only there's only two tracks. You need to get used to it. Um, but you know, in likes of England, there's so many race tracks that you know, and every track is different. So it's it's you know, here I'll always a bit you know, the style of race is a lot different. It's, it's only two tracks you need to get around uh, once a week. So yeah, the style of racing that you know was at the beginning was a bit of 
I wouldn't say it was a shock to the system because I had been here before, so I was prepared. I sort of knew what, what it would be like. But um, I'm actually quite surprised. I sort of quite quickly I, I adapted to the, to the style of racing, and uh, it does help that uh, I got some good, you know, I got a lot of support since I've been on Cog, so that all helps. And you say that you've enjoyed the lifestyle over there. Is it the fact that you're racing twice a week and it just gives you more opportunity to spend with your family and relax and uh, just sort of a healthier way of doing it? Well, yeah, we, we only race in two days a week here. And um, so you, you do have a lot of time for yourself. Um, you know, time does go quite quickly <laughs> for, somehow. Uh, we, we, I'm very busy in the mornings uh, between barrage trials, two days a week and galloping horses most days so I'm up early most days which is you know keeps, keeps, keeps me busy and uh, a lot of training and a lot of fitness and uh, and obviously not having an agent there's a lot of work behind the scenes you know booking rides and you know uh, everything really so there's, there's a lot of work um, to be done but at the same time you're only racing two days a week so it's it's it do, you do have a lot of time for yourself and just what sort of goals did you set when you went out there? Was it to ride as many winners as you could during the season or to get on top quality horses? What was your aim? To be honest with you, I, I didn't have a target at all. I didn't have any numbers that I wanted to achieve or any quality of horses that I wanted to ride. I, I just came here as, you know, uh, all I wanted to do try my best. Um get people to know me how I am and the way I ride because, okay, some people might have heard of me a little bit in, in Europe, but a lot of people wouldn't necessarily knew exactly who I was and, you know, the way I rode. So, which it was great. I just wanted to come here and let people find out, you know, who I am and the way I ride and what sort of person I am. So I basically started from zero. I, I wasn't expecting anything at all. I knew how tough it was going to be to, to, you know, to, you know, to be riding here in Hong Kong, it's 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 a very tight community. It's it's very tough going, um, and uh, but yeah, I, I promise you, I, did, I didn't really. I, I was hoping. One well, thing I was hoping is to get to get a, my first winner as quick as I could. Um, that's one thing I wanted to do. And apart from that, I didn't really set myself any targets. I just wanted to to, to like I said, try my best and explore Hong Kong. And and um, but yeah, no, so far so good. So far, so good. Halfway through the season, what if you could name a couple of horses? Who are you most looking forward to for the rest of the season? Well, I bumped into a horse called Taz Dragon, um, which which gave me my first group win in Hong Kong two weeks ago. Is a horse trained by Pierre Nung, which is a leading trainer here now. Um, he's he's a very progressive horse. Um, there's a horse called Lucky with You. Which, which he was second in, in the sprint year on, on uh, International Day behind Lucky Swainers, which is you know, probably one of the best sprinters around. Well, he's definitely the best sprinter here, probably one of the best sprinters in the world. So he, he's a horse to look forward to. There's a good chance they might clash. There's only one. There's only <laughs> typical. I find two good horses. and my, Anyway, there's a good chance they might be clashing at some stage. And so there's only one horse I can ride. So, but anyways, they're, they're, they're two good horses that, uh, luckily that uh, that I found. And there's another horse called I Give that I won five races on a row. I won three on him. So, and obviously the horse is uh, also um, make a bonus. The horse 
give them a first winner. But yeah, look, probably the horses I'm most looking forward to at the moment. Yes, it's a tie dragon and, and lucky with you. But like I said, there's a chance of world clash eventually. So I'll have to stick to one of them. Well, hopefully that clash is a, a long way in the future. It's yeah, not. I... <laughs> it's very soon, but anyways. <laughs> Could you tell us who you're going to side with or have you not decided? Uh, it's not like I haven't decided. He, 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 the thing is here with in Hong Kong, it's when you commit to the, to the horse, you know, you can't change. Well, you can change, but the one thing I've learned since I've been here and and uh, I've always thought once you, once you stick, confirm a horse, you don't change. Mm. And uh, obviously, lucky with you, he, he, he runs so well in, in on International Day and obviously... All of, you know, automatically his next step would have been the group one here at over 1200 so I, I confirmed the ride in him straight away this is before even Ty Dragon won the group race so so um, unless something changes yeah uh, lucky with you is, is the one I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with because he's the, he's the horse that uh, he's the horse that but to be honest with you if I had the choice between the two I, I wouldn't know who to pick because of the two progressive, progressive horses one's a little bit younger but yeah well, exciting times ahead and just halfway through your first season. Do you think you can say now whether you see Hong Kong as a sort of long-term home for you or a long-term base for your riding? Listen, it's like anything in life and in racing. You just never know what's around the corner. But uh, one thing I can say that I'm really enjoying it here and uh, it's, it's going well for me and I just hope it continues. And uh, who knows, I'd like to stay as long as I can. But uh, like I said, you never know what's around the corner. But uh, at the moment, I, I can't fault it. I'm, I'm really enjoying it, and I hope it just lasts as long as it, as long as I can. Well, Andrea, thanks so much for your time today, this morning for me, this afternoon for you, and it's it's great to hear how well it's all going over there. And fingers crossed that it continues. No worries. Thank you very much. Well, Jane, declarations for Saturday have just been published and the Silvignaco Conti Chase at Kempton, the grade two over two and a half miles is probably the feature race in the UK this weekend. How's it looking? Yes, small field, five declared, two Irish protagonists, uh, Bambridge with JJ Slevin on board, Janadil, tongue strap on him for the first time. Um, I think he has a bit to prove now as a 10-year-old Janadil. I don't think it's about them. It's about Pigdori who's been in exceptional form in his last couple of runs. His he's, he's win at Ascot was emphatic. This is a better race, though. Edward Stone, up and trip. I think he's been crying out for this. Uh, I was always behind this horse. He was the horse that I tipped when he won the Arkell. Um, and he's just come up short behind John Bonn on his last two runs. I think this will... If he settles and gives himself a chance, this is made for him. And on ratings, he's the horse they have to beat. Uh, not long till May, obviously, good horse. Um, but for me, this is this is about the top two. Can Edward Stone come back to life with the extra trip, or can Pick Dory repel him? I am going to I'm going to go Edward Stone. I think I think he has the ability to do it if he obliges for Tom Cannon. So you, you're confident that Bambridge is playing for third place. I think this is not Bambridge's time of year. Mm. Um, I have a lot of respect for him I think he's a good ground horse and I think he likes the flat track No, I totally agree and I'm sure Aintree will be 
high on their agenda later on in the season. Just on Pick Dory, he obviously won impressively last time uh, by a wide margin, but he didn't travel with his usual zest on good ground at Ascot. So it's good to soft at the moment at Kempton. If it stays like that, I'm sure he'll be all right, but he won't want it to get any quicker. Uh, but great if he can give Edward Stone a proper race because they're two grade one horses in my eyes. And finally, Jane, before you go, where are you sending us with your tip today? Well, the frost has gone away for at least 24 hours and that has made way for Clonmel to pass their inspection and hopefully today at 1.35, it's down to four runners now because there is one out, Action Motion's an honour. I like Westport Cove, right? This this is a horse who went from winning a maiden hurdle at Thurless to a grade one at Leopardstown over Christmas where he pulled up. He was too keen. He's now got a tongue strap on. I think in such a small field, this fellow might get a free lead with Michael O'Sullivan on. He's got his hood on. And if he could get a free lead and relax, this one is much better than what he showed last time. I'm going to take on the favourite with Westport Cove in the 135. Going for a Willie Mullins second string. Well, it'll be interesting to see how it gets on. Jane, thanks so much for all your help today. And thanks to all my guests. The podcast will be back as usual tomorrow morning. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association, and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Mm-hmm.